It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist and host of today's Dishing Up Nutrition. For the past 12 years, we have talked about a variety of health issues on this show and how each of these issues often relate to the food that you are eating. Today is going to be a new topic for us. I'm really excited about this topic. We're going to be exploring how food and different nutrients affect your gum health. So just think about that for a second. Our gums actually need certain nutrients from food in order to stay healthy. So if you've been to your dentist recently and you were told you have bleeding gums, maybe receding gums, you know that your gums need some help. And I'm sure you're wondering what is causing the breakdown in your gums. You might be thinking, what should I eat? Is there a supplement I need to take? Well, we're going to answer all of these questions today and more. You know, 75% of Americans over the age of 35 have gum disease, so this is going to be relevant to many of you listeners. And I'm really pleased to welcome Jennifer Schmidt to Dishing Up Nutrition to answer your questions. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning, Cara. It's great to be in the studio with you today. It's great to be together. We have not been together before, so this is going to be fun. Jennifer is going to be the perfect person to interview because she has the knowledge not only in nutrition, but also in dentistry. You've probably heard her voice before. She's been on several past shows sharing her personal health transformation. She's also a teacher. She's a nutrition educator at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Now, Jennifer, you've been a licensed and certified dental assistant um, for 24 years, I believe. is So I imagine you've seen a lot of teeth and a lot of gums. I have <laughs> certainly seen a lot of teeth and gums, and I can't believe it's been 24 years. I don't know where the time yeah, goes. Yeah, congratulations. Thank it's you. It's an accomplishment. <laughs> Thank you. So in my 24 years of working in dental care, I've had a lot of different roles. I've mostly worked chair side. I've done some administrative duties. I've also managed an office, and I'm also uh, certified in IV sedation. I've worked in almost every dental specialty there is, and I currently work in, I work for a periodontist, and we treat patients with mild to severe periodontal disease, and we also specialize in dental implants. You know, the connection of the mouth and disease in the body has been researched and known for some time. You know, I remember in the year 2000 when the U.S. Surgeon General said, the mouth is the mirror of health and disease Hmm. in the body. That was 17 years ago. And, you know, I had never heard that quote Mm -hmm. until I got it from you. So it's really interesting. Now, could you just talk about a few of the worst things that people could be eating or drinking in regards to their gum health? Absolutely. The worst, I would have to say, smoking and chewing tobacco. You know, a lot of free radicals and toxins can damage the gum tissue. The next would be soda. Okay, we talk a lot about soda on this show. I would say especially Mountain Dew. In fact, I was at a dental seminar where I saw a screenshot that showed badly eroded, decayed teeth with inflamed gums. So both sides of the slide looked identical. You couldn't tell them apart. And so Mm -hmm. we had to guess which one, which mouth had 
somebody had abused the meth and which one somebody had drank in a lot of Mountain Dew. You couldn't tell them apart, wow. which was extraordinary. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So we know that um, regular Mountain Dew has more sugar than, for instance, Coke. We know in a 20-ounce bottle of Mountain Dew, you've got 19 teaspoons of sugar versus with Coke, it's 17 teaspoons mm-hmm. of sugar. But diet is almost worse because it has more acid. So we know that both regular and diet soda both contain phosphoric acid. And phosphoric acid damages bones because it takes minerals and calcium or minerals like calcium and magnesium away from the bones. Mm. But it also does the same thing to the enamel on the teeth. Also, uh, sticky, sugary foods like gummy bears and fruit roll-ups are bad for the teeth because they stick and they get into those crevices in the teeth. Sure. So uh, the kid, the foods that a lot of kids are exactly. eating, I mean, they might have that as their snack or, after, you know, at school for lunch mm-hmm. or something like that. And then it's just sitting on their teeth. <laughs> exactly. It's sitting on their teeth okay. all day. Certainly. Also, um, things like cough drops, lozenges, and this may surprise some people, but nicotine lozenges. Had a patient a couple weeks ago, he gave up chewing tobacco, which was great. I mean, great for Mm -hmm. him. But instead of putting that tobacco in that pouch in his lip, he replaced that with a nicotine lozenge. And over a six-month period of time, he developed a lot of decay. Just in six months? You can develop decay that quickly? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one would be coffee. Coffee is very acidic, and it can erode away the enamel, especially if someone's constantly sipping on that coffee throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all know coffee stains teeth as well, and I'm not telling people to give up their coffee, but what you want to do, the best thing to do is drink it, drink it all in one sitting, um, so maybe with your breakfast, and then when you're done with the coffee, rinse your mouth with water, and then wait 20 minutes before brushing your teeth. Okay, I love that tip. So don't mm-hmm. just drink your coffee and then brush your teeth right exactly. away. Exactly, There's you, a method to this. There is, because you don't want to brush in that acid and okay. stain into the teeth, into the enamel. Okay. So can I just ask you a quick question sure. back to the soda? Absolutely. I, hopefully people um, heard everything that you said in mm-hmm. regards to soda, because I think a lot of our listeners are under the conception that diet soda is a better option. Exactly. Because it does not contain sugar. Mm-hmm. And we know, as you know, being in the nutrition field, that it contains right. it contains artificial sweeteners. But you're saying that also regarding teeth, mm-hmm. that's actually worse. It is. It's got higher acid, soda. higher acid, which damage the enamel as well as your bones too. So if you're concerned about your bone health, diet soda is worse for your bones as well. Sure, because you said that it's pulling minerals. Which, you know, we have minerals in our teeth, mm-hmm. but we also have minerals throughout our body exactly. that support our bone health. So, exactly. okay, great. Uh, you know, Jennifer, a lot of our listeners, fortunately, have given up their soda. Maybe they've given up regular or diet soda. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people have done math. I would hope not. <laughs> but can you talk about some other things that might be damaging gums? Absolutely. So our longtime listeners know that we talk a lot about sugar on this show. And, you know, sugar feeds the bacteria and it makes plaque. So what is plaque? Plaque is a sticky, colorless film. It's an organized colony of multiple forms of bacteria that's in everyone's mouth all the time. So you can never completely eliminate the bacteria from your mouth, but you can keep them from destroying your teeth and gums. Hmm. So plaque eats 
eats the same food we do, and they specifically thrive on processed carbohydrates, sugar, and acid, which is no surprise, Hmm. right? So they love things like pasta, bread, muffins, cookies, soda. So these foods and beverages allow the bacteria to reproduce and turn into plaque quickly. Now, it mixes, the plaque will mix with saliva when you're not cleaning it off your teeth. And mm-hmm. when you're not cleaning it off your teeth, that plaque is going to turn into tartar. Okay? okay. And tartar is calcified or hardened plaque that attaches to enamel and it will get below the gum line. And at that point, it can lead to periodontal disease because hmm. the bacteria is getting underneath the gum line and bacteria loves that tartar. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can't mechanically, you can't brush that tartar off yourself. Is this the stuff when I go to the dentist every six months yes. and they get that little pick thing out? Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're getting the tartar that I couldn't get off with my toothbrush? That's correct. Okay. That's exactly what they're removing. And so it's normal to have some plaque. But I think that's, I love the way that you said that. It's eating the same foods we do. So if we're eating vegetables, Mm -hmm. that's probably not as much of a problem. Not a problem at all. For that plaque buildup. That's correct. If we're eating proteins and healthy fats, probably not a problem. Exactly. But it's those sugars and it's those mm -hmm. processed carbs that are turning into a lot of sugar and just feeding that plaque, basically. So interesting. It is interesting. I love this topic. Yes, me too. And you know what, Cara, it's time for our first break. Oh my gosh, already. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We have a very special offer for all of our listeners, so stay tuned, and Carl, Carl will have the details when we come back. And if you have a question for us today regarding gum health, please give the studio a call at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with special guest Jennifer Schmidt today. We're talking about the connection between what we eat and the health of our gums, as well as how the health of our gums affects our entire body. Before break, Jennifer promised that we would talk about a special offer that Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering right now. So before we get back into topic, I want to share this with you. You know, if you've been on the fence about taking one of our classes, now is the best time to sign up because we are still offering our special. It's our Revive, Refresh, and Renew class special. And you and another person, so a friend, family member, coworker, can sign up for a 90-minute class. You're each only going to pay $12.50. So that's 50% off of our normal price. It's a great deal. It's a really great deal. So the classes, I'll list the classes that are available. Good foods, good moods, eating to reduce pain and inflammation, getting a good night's sleep, the magic of minerals, five steps to boost metabolism, nutrition for better digestion, and preventing osteoporosis with bone building foods. There's a lot of different days, times, and locations, so I don't have time to give all of those. The easiest way to get more information is to call our office, 651-699-3438, or go to our website, weightandwellness.com. You can sign up as well by calling or going to our website. Yes, and I'm 
these classes are great. I'm really looking forward to teaching Five Steps to Boost Metabolism on Tuesday, May 23rd in Maple Grove from 6.30 to 8. And also next Saturday, the 27th, I'm teaching the Prevent Osteoporosis with Bone Building Foods, and that's from 10.30 to noon. Great. So you'll have a familiar voice (laughs) if you go to one of Jennifer's classes. So it looks like we have a caller. We do have a caller. Pat, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us? Yes. Uh, A lot of years ago, I was reading a magazine before uh, anybody had heard of it here that the Japanese have the longest lifespan in the world, so they take coenzyme Q10 for their gums because they want their gums to hang on to their teeth because they get to be so old. And there's another important consideration I found out when you're getting if you decide to take it, that the ubiquinol form is about three times more better absorbed than the um, regular stuff. So I I only buy the regular stuff if, if it's way, way cheaper. But it how can I put that? Let's say you're going to get five times more of the regular uh, for the same price. Then I'll buy it. But if it's only if the if it's only two times cheaper, then I'll, I'm not explaining myself very well. I think I understand what yeah, you're you, getting you, to. You want to if it's three to one, you you just take more milli, milligrams if you get the non you ubiquinol because it's only a third is. Okay, that's it. I, I'm okay. not doing very well. I, no, no, I understand. Great. Yes, you are doing great. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with the non-ubiquinol. I don't know, Car, if you're familiar with that form mm-hmm. of coenzyme Q10. Ubiquinol is yeah. three times better, per, but it depends on the milligrams. You can just take mm-hmm. more of the cheaper one and still do as well, see? Right. So the ubiquinol, I know, I believe we sell both of those mm-hmm. in our office, the regular co- coenzyme Q10 and then ubiquinol form. Um, you know, when I'm working with a client, if I suspect that maybe they've had absorption issues, um, issues, if anyone suspects not having great gut health or digestive health, I would probably re- recommend the ubiquinol form just to make sure that people are accessing it a little bit more easily without having to break it down as much. Because it's three times better, at around three times better than the regular. Yeah, I, and I didn't know that. I don't know the exact statistic on the, you know, three, the, three. how mm-hmm. efficient it is compared to the other one. I, I do have some clients, though, that I know that the regular coenzyme Q10 works really well based on that it's relieving symptoms, it's improving gum health. I just take more. If it's it, it, Let's say it's only one-tenth the price of the ubiquinol form. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm going to get the cheaper one and just take more milligrams because mm-hmm. I'm saving money. Yeah, those are great questions. We're going to talk a little bit more about CoQ10 in the show as well. Um, We weren't going to address the ubiquinol form, so thank you for bringing that up. I would say you can't go wrong with either one. Try to get a good quality supplement, and a soft gel form is always going to be best. Okay, thanks for your call, Pat. Thanks for your call, Pat. So do we have another caller? Not right now, Okay. So before we went to break and took Pat's call, Jennifer, you were describing plaque and tartar and how plaque eats the same foods that we do. Yes, it does. So those Mm -hmm. processed carbs and sugar Mm -hmm. are going, they're going to be very problematic for increasing the plaque and the tartar and leading to, you know, higher risk of gum disease. That's right. But, you know, when we talk about sugar and candy and soda and things Mm -hmm. like that, You're not just talking about the white sugar that people put in their morning coffee. Mm -mm. I'm guessing, you know, 
you're talking about hidden sugar. And I'm just give you a quick example of something that comes to mind when I think of hidden sugar is a typical lunch. I see a lot of my older clients eating a lunch like this. And sometimes I think it's because it's easy and quick. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just cooking for themselves and they would have soup and crackers. Have you heard about people having that? It's it's really common. common. Soup actually can be loaded with sugar. In fact, I I saw a can of minestrone soup, Uh which one can, keep in mind, that's going to be about two cups. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's considered two servings, has 10 teaspoons of sugar. And most people think about the salt, the sodium. Right. And then there's that, too. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of sugar. If you add in two saltine crackers, that's four teaspoons of sugar. So a can of soup and two saltine crackers, that's 14 teaspoons of sugar. Wow, I think that's going to be surprising to a lot of our listeners, too. You Mm -hmm. wouldn't think that saltine crackers and soup would contain that much sugar. Right. You know, many kids and adults are eating two cups of cereal for breakfast, which has over 20 teaspoons of sugar. And I'm not just talking about those sugar cereals like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Frosted Flakes. But I'm talking about cereals like Cheerios, Rice Krispies, Wheaties, Grape Nuts, and even Kashi. You know, last year I was on this show and we reviewed Dr. David Ludwig's book, Always Hungry. And my favorite quote from his book is, if you eat a bowl of cornflakes with no sugar added, or if you're eating a bowl of sugar with no cornflakes added, Below the neck, the body is not going to know the difference. (laughs) And the tissues in the mouth and the gums are not going to know the difference either. That says a lot right there. It sure does. (laughs) Over half of Americans are eating about 60 teaspoons of sugar per day. Did you hear that? 60 teaspoons. So a lot. You know, and that doesn't count. That doesn't account for naturally occurring sugars that would be in fruits or starchy vegetables. That's just simply added sugar. So if someone is eating 60 teaspoons of sugar per day, what's happening to their gums? Well, you know, when people eat sugar and the standard American diet of processed carbohydrates, this feeds the bacteria that's causing that plaque buildup pretty quickly in the body. And that will turn into tartar. It attaches to the teeth and it's going to get underneath the gum line. Also, when sugar and processed carbohydrates feed the bacteria, the bacteria can grow and enter into the bloodstream. So we all have blood vessels in our mouth. And if you have periodontal disease, that can lead to cracks and lesions in the blood vessels. The primary source of bacterial infection in the blood vessels comes from infected gums. Hmm. You know, we teach this in our weight and wellness series in class mm-hmm. five, the heart health Right, class. right. We do, which I, you know, and I'm just learning so much from you. I never put all of this together <laughs> when I was teaching that class. So you've talked about things like Mountain Dew, smoking, sugar, um, other sugary beverages as well, mm-hmm. all causing more bacteria, which can lead to red, swollen, puffy gum tissues, basically inflammation, What else causes gum recession and bone loss? That's a great question, Cara, and I'm going to answer that after the break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If there was a nutrient that could help with your gum disease by healing the gum tissues, also reducing inflamed and bleeding gums and deep pockets, would you want to know more about this important antioxidant? Well, stay tuned 
And after our quick break, Carl will fill you in. If you have questions today, give our studio a call at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper here with Jennifer Schmidt. If you were listening before break, Jennifer mentioned an antioxidant that plays a role in healing gum disease. What is this nutrient that can reduce bleeding gums, inflamed gums, and deep pockets? It's called coenzyme Q10. And Pat was a caller who had mentioned CoQ10 just a minute ago. Mm -hmm. People shorten the name and call it CoQ10, but it's coenzyme Q10. You know, as we get older, our, our body produces less of this, and we actually can become deficient. Um, there are foods that contain CoQ10, animal proteins like beef, pork, chicken, and fish. However, I think it's interesting that the highest amounts of CoQ10 are going to be in the organs, like the heart. You know, not a lot of people are buying and eating heart, heart these yep. days. Maybe, I don't know, but I don't know anyone. So it's going to be difficult to get enough coenzyme Q10 to really make a difference That's getting it right. from food. So mm -hmm. as a nutritionist, I typically recommend 200 to 400 milligrams as a supplement form of CoQ10. And soft gel form is very absorbable. We have this in our office. Um, Jennifer, can you just tell listeners... There's another reason that some people might be deficient in CoQ10. Sure. So some other reasons is uh, if they've got a lot of free radicals, if they have a lot of inflammation in their body. Mm -hmm. So we know if you've got periodontal disease, you've got inflammation in your body. So that could be some other reasons why you could be deficient. Okay. And then, you know, some people take cholesterol-lowering medications. Mm -hmm. Yes. And... That naturally is going to deplete CoQ10. Things like Zocor and Crestor deplete CoQ10, mm -hmm. which we need for heart health. So, you know, if you're on a statin medication or a cholesterol-lowering medication, if you're having side effects like leg cramps, leg pain, or weakness, we would also recommend 200 to 400 milligrams of CoQ10. Mm -hmm. So, And, you know, I see a lot of patients that come into our office that are on statin medications that have periodontal disease. So there oh, is a direct connection there. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, you know, we were talking about all the things that feed plaque and can cause eventually over time cause inflammation, maybe gum recession and bone loss. Mm -hmm. There's some other things you were talking about before the show, though, that could potentially cause gum recession yes. and bone loss. Yes. You know, this may surprise you, but Clenching and grinding can often damage the gum tissue. So people may do this in their sleep and are not even aware that they're doing it, but it can damage the gum tissue. So clenching and grinding causes a lot of force on the teeth and can lead to recession and bone loss. You know, I've had patients come in and uh, they've got good health and they say, you know, I brush my teeth, I floss every day, I try not to have any sugar in my diet, and I don't understand why I've got these deep pockets. Because when they come in to get your teeth clean, I'm sure most listeners know they get those numbers measured around their teeth. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to, you know, between one and three is good, fours are not too bad, but five and six and seven and eight, you don't want to be at those levels. And some people come in with those and they don't understand and they're embarrassed. So basically, this clenching and grinding can cause those deep pockets. Wow. Another thing we look for, so in these cases, when patients come in like that, I ask them, do you have maybe sore or tired jaws in the morning? 
Um, sometimes we can see wear patterns on their teeth if they've been grinding their teeth. Mm-hmm. And another thing that can damage gum tissue is when people are brushing their teeth, it's easy to kind of just scrub back and forth, mm-hmm. like with a medium or hard brush, and that's not good. You always want to use a soft, bristled brush. And instead of that kind of sign back and forth, you want to kind of brush your teeth in a sweeping motion. I'll try to describe this. I, know <laughs> I, wish, we could, can't. I wish they could see you. <laughs> exactly. So just tilt your brush kind of at a 45 degree angle with the the bristles underneath the gum tissue. Like if you're on the upper, you're going to kind of sweep down, sweep the debris and bacteria down away mm-hmm. from the gum tissue. Same with if you're on the lower, mm-hmm. you're going to kind of brush up. Okay, I've been doing it wrong. I'm just going to admit, <laughs> I thought you were supposed to do it the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I knew not to saw back and forth. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is so helpful. Yeah. And I'd go to the dentist every six months. Sure. I just must not be paying attention. Well, no, and we used to teach kind of going in a circular motion, and now we're finding it's more effective to do more of a sweeping motion. Okay. Also, electric toothbrushes Mm -hmm. are becoming very popular. Um, The most important thing if you're using an electric toothbrush is never put pressure. Never use your own pressure. Um, Just let the brush do the work. And there's some, you know, electric toothbrushes on the market that are, you know, it may have an indicator like the Oral-B, which is great. Mm-hmm. So the brush will automatically stop. Sometimes a red light goes off. So then, you know, oh, I'm brushing too hard. And I'm, you know, I've got to talk about flossing if I'm talking Girl, about brushing. Do. I want everyone <laughs> in my family to hear this. Okay. <laughs> so very important to floss, but proper flossing, you know, so we don't want to kind of saw down between the teeth and be aggressive with the floss. You want to be very gently, and again, I wish listeners could see me, but you you want to kind of hug the teeth with the floss in a C-shaped fashion and just gently up and down removing that debris. Okay. Wonderful tips. Thank you so much. Oh, and welcome. I have to say, after you and I were chatting mm-hmm. in preparation for the show, I have been on a mission like to improve my own oral health and my families. I think they're kind of annoyed. Um, <laughs> on Mother's Day weekend, I was talking about like, sugar and proper brushing and mm-hmm. flossing and i think everyone's getting annoyed but it is really important <laughs> yeah well my family gets annoyed when i talk about nutrition so i understand what that's like fortunately personally i've never had a problem with the clenching or grinding i have a lot of clients with that issue mm-hmm. though um why does this happen why are so many people having the clenching and grinding their teeth during the night you know it's more common than you'd think you know, that some would be, would be clenching and grinding their teeth at night because they have a magnesium deficiency. In fact, three out of four Americans are deficient in this mineral. You know, I first started taking magnesium when I first came to Nutritional Weight and Wellness in 2012, and I took it more for Charlie horses and leg cramps, and also I was having trouble sleeping. So I started out around four to 600 milligrams, and I worked my way up to 800 milligrams of magnesium glycinate before going to bed to help my leg cramps and so that I could fall asleep easier. At the time, I was also wearing a night guard because I was a clencher and grinder. And I used to wear them, and I always, I still woke up with sore jaws in the morning. But once I started taking the magnesium glycinate for my leg cramps, I realized I was waking up in the morning and my... I didn't have the sore jaws anymore, and uh, I don't need to wear my night guard hmm. anymore. So that was just kind of, you didn't realize, because no. you weren't taking it for the clenching and grinding, 
you were taking the magnesium glycinate for something else, but as a result, the clenching and grinding went away. Exactly. I mean, we know it's a magic mineral. It's a relaxation Mm -hmm. mineral. So it would make sense that it's going to relax the the muscles around the temporal mandibular Mm -hmm. mandibular joint or the TMJ. Definitely makes sense. Oh, and I'm sure if people have TMJ, Mm -hmm. that diagnosis, magnesium would be helpful as well. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's around the time I started reading about magnesium and found that holistic and even some conventional dentists are recommending it. You know, and night guards are expensive, especially if you get the custom ones made in a dental office. They they're, they run roughly around $600 and they're not always covered by insurance. And, you know, some people go through two, two or three of these a year because they grind right through that hmm. hard acrylic surface. Well, it's pretty expensive. Yes, it does get to be expensive. And so, so as far as, um, you know, how much magnesium, so mm-hmm. you were taking 800 milligrams. Yes. Mm-hmm. But now you're not, you don't need that much. No, I'm only taking 400 milligrams of magnesium glycidate now. And, you know, some people will need to start at a higher dose like I did until your body stop, starts to absorb it. And then they can, you know, once they notice they're, they're not clenching and grinding. Mm-hmm. And what's great about magnesium glycinate is it's, it shouldn't cause loose stools like many other forms of mag- magnesium, like magnesium citrate. Sure. And there are other absorbable forms, like you said, the citrate. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, that we use that more if somebody tends to be constipated. And mm-hmm. the glycinate really, I think, is the best for that relaxation exactly. that we would need in our jaws. Especially when we need those higher doses. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was looking up information for today's show, I came across some research showing that gum disease may be connected to memory loss, dementia, and even Alzheimer's disease. Think about how close the mouth is to the brain. And we've already talked about how bacteria in the mouth can cross the blood-brain barrier. Bacteria in the mouth could potentially get in the bloodstream and into the brain, causing inflammation in the brain. And we've done past shows on brain health, and we know that Mm -hmm. conditions like dementia and Alzheimer's they're, you know, they stem from brain inflammation. Mm-hmm. You know, I see firsthand how dangerous oral cancer is. And most people know when they go in to get their teeth clean, the dentist comes in and they do that cancer screening. They do that oral cancer exam. It's very important. You know, oral cancer is a type of cancer, a very dangerous type of cancer that can spread very quickly to the brain. And, and I've seen this happen in patients. You've actually seen that? Yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And you've explained how bacteria in the gums can lead to disease just in general. But I'd like to specifically talk about how gum disease is related to some autoimmune conditions. For example, rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that after the break. Okay. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And today's topic is what you eat and how that affects the health of your gums. And the health of your gums affects the health of your whole body. So please give us a call if you have any questions about gum health. And the answer, the phone number is 651-641-1071. Hey, Cravings, what's up? Not you, because I'm taking you down. 
Oh, didn't see that coming? Because I've always buckled under your pressure? Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats. Vegetable carbs. The Temptation Taming Trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? <laughs> Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. <laughs> I guess I better clean this up. Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. On-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist, and I'm really pleased to be here today with Jennifer Schmidt, who's a nutrition educator, as well as a licensed and certified dental assistant. And I've been interviewing her this morning about the connection between certain foods, beverages, gum health, and the link between poor gum health and disease states. You know, we had a caller who did not stay on air, but had a question over break. Um, and it was in regards to something we've that's been brought up a couple times today, the coenzyme Q10. The first caller, Pat, ha, was talking about a certain form called ubiquinol. Someone wanted to know the spelling. Um, so I'm just going to really quickly explain that the more common form of coenzyme Q10 is going to be ubiquinone, U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-N-E. That's really what you're going to see at most health food stores. That's more common. Um, it's a great antioxidant. The stronger form is ubiquinol, U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-L. The main difference is that the first version, the regular CoQ10, the ubiquinone, that's going to be converted in the body to ubiquinol. So, you know, if you don't have absorption issues, um, you don't have a lot of gum disease, heart disease I really think it would be fine to take the regular version. If you're concerned at all about breaking things down in the body and absorbing, you may want to go with the ubiquinol, the stronger one. So I hope that answers things. I think that makes it really clear, Cara. Yeah. So let's see where we were talking about. Oh, we were going to talk about autoimmune conditions and Mm -hmm. the connection with gum disease and autoimmune. Mm And, you know, bacteria can enter the bloodstream and cause inflammation and even infections in joints, connective tissue, and even organs. The reason we know there's a connection is because doctors have been prescribing patients antibiotics prior to dental procedures and surgeries for decades. So basically, cardiologists and orthopedic surgeons, those are the two types of doctors that prescribe them the most, they're going to recommend Premedication prior to dental treatment, anywhere from two years to life for patients. So people who have had joint replacements like knee replacements or hip replacements, it really kind of depends on the health of the patients, if they've got a compromised immune system or if they've got diabetes. So depending on if they're at high risk, then they need to be on the the premedication longer. It's really up to the surgeon. Some surgeons just believe they want their patients to be on that antibiotic for life so they don't risk an infection in the knee. I have seen a patient lose their knee replacement due to a bacterial infection. Oh, wow. Because they didn't pre-medicate. 
And for patients with maybe an artificial heart valve, a history of infective endocarditis, and what that is, it's inflammation of the inner tissues of the heart. They would need to premedicate. Also, heart transplant patients maybe that developed a problem in the heart valve. And patients, you know, if patients were not to premedicate for these heart condition conditions, it could lead to that infective endocarditis, which, mm-hmm. which could lead to damaged heart tissue. And it could lead to blood clots that could lead hmm. to a stroke or a heart attack. So when somebody's, you know, going in for a dental procedure, mm-hmm. they're given antibiotics. Yes. I think a lot of people are just trusting their doctors, mm-hmm. getting the antibiotics, but maybe they didn't know why. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very helpful that you explain yeah, the importance of that. And we try to screen patients and we ask mm-hmm. them all these questions. Have you had a joint replacement? Have you been told to premedicate? Do you have a heart condition that you may need to premedicate for to try mm-hmm. to screen them, you know, and sometimes they're just, you know, not aware or weren't paying attention when the when the doctor explained that to them. Right. So hopefully so. people are learning today mm-hmm. from you what high risk would mean. I hope so. For that, the premedication. And, you know, I think listeners are making the connection that gum disease is linked to a lot of other health conditions. And. There's all this research, but your 24 years of clinical experience and examples are really powerful as well. We're going to talk about some nutritional solutions, but I do have one more question that I hear from many of my clients. They talk about have complaining of dry mouth. Now, is dry mouth a risk factor for other health issues and why do you think that it's so common? It certainly is. Well, there's actually a medical term for dry mouth. It's called xerostomia. So dry mouth can come from dehydration, you know, if you're not drinking enough water, and from certain medications like allergy medications, antidepressants, one I see frequently that causes this is gabapentin. A lot of blood pressure medications will cause this. So saliva does a lot of important things for our mouth, especially washing that bacteria off of our teeth. And for people that suffer from dry mouth, um, you can have side effects like alteration in your taste buds, um, you speech difficulties. If you wear an appliance like a partial or a denture, you get a lot of sore spots because it's rubbing on that dry tissue. And another important thing with saliva is it starts the process of digestion in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So when people have dry mouth, they have a hard time swallowing food. Mm -hmm. And you know, Car, the average American chews their food only five to six times before swallowing. And I wouldn't even know if that's a lot or a little. Yeah, that's it's a little. It's, that's it's too very little. Few, yes. few times. In some okay. countries, people chew their food 20 to 30 times, which okay. seems like an extreme amount. We just, you know, we we want to chew our food really well to activate those digestive enzymes and let them work mm-hmm. for us. And I would challenge listeners to kind of count to yourself how many times mm-hmm. you're chewing. You know, I forget all the time and I have to remind myself, especially mm-hmm. when I get in a hurry. We want to use those beautiful teeth that God gave us to chew our food well. It All also right, now I'm going to be doing that the rest of the day, <laughs> which is a good thing. Definitely. <laughs> and I help. I have clients, like I said, that have dry mouth, and try. I try to help them figure out a solution to that problem. Now I have more tools in my toolbox, thanks to you. But the factors that we look at are, you know, is the dry mouth from a, a medication? If so, is there a better medication? or an alternative that has fewer side effects. In fact, I had a client two weeks ago who was complaining of dry mouth because of her allergies. Mm-hmm. She's, she's had terrible allergies for so long, but it is a really bad season it as well. It is a bad season. Mm-hmm. But she's on these strong antihistamines, and 
dry eyes, dry mouth. Um, I spoke with her about a product that we carry called Dehist, mm-hmm. which is a natural antihistamine that doesn't have any side effects. Yes. No drowsiness, no drying. In fact, that's what got me off of taking Claritin years and years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it works really well. It does work well. I take it as well. And then people, you know, if they can get off those antihistamines or other mm-hmm. medications causing dry mouth, those symptoms will go away. Exactly. You know, our gum tissues also need water. Like I mentioned, dehydration can be a cause. But some dry mouth and other gum issues need those fatty acids. So some examples of fatty acid that can lubricate the tissues are omega-3 fish oil, GLA. Um, Just those fatty acids work really well. Cara, you know, do you recommend these fatty acids for your clients that have this dry mouth? Definitely. You know, I... With dry eye, dry mouth, dry tissues in general, I would recommend three soft gels of the omega-3 fish oil, Mm -hmm. as well as three soft gels of the omega-6, which is gamma-linoleic acid, or GLA. Um, And, you know, I know we're coming up against the clock here. We are coming up against the clock. Is there a way you could just summarize really quickly about the connection between gum health and heart disease? Maybe just... Even less than a minute. Sure. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. So I'll just read what the American Academy of Periodontal, uh, Periodontology states that several okay. studies have shown that periodontal disease is associated with other disease in the body, such as heart disease. And research has indicated that periodontal disease increases the risk of heart disease. And scientists believe that inflammation caused by periodontal disease may be responsible for the association. So periodontal disease can also make existing heart conditions worse, like that infective endocarditis, like I mentioned. It is caused by the bacteria that's coming from the mouth. Wow, I wish we had more time to talk I, about that. I do too. Because, but I just hope listeners are hearing that. Mm-hmm. There's a huge connection between periodontal disease or gum disease and heart disease. So really important to keep those teeth and gums clean. And, you know, it's time to wrap up the show. And we've given some great tips on how people can change their diets and improve some simple habits to protect and heal their gums. Let's just quickly recap some of those worst foods for gum health. Um, Sugar and processed carbohydrates are going to lead to more plaque buildup. Candy, cough drops, and sticky sugary foods like gummy bears and fruit roll-ups. The sugar is going to stick to the teeth. Beverages are soda, diet soda, juice, energy drinks, and coffee. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.